Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. We're continuing on on the authority of the name of Jesus. Now, I've had the privilege of being part of uh, naming a newborn baby, in other words, our son. Uh, My wife jumped in there. It was pretty well her idea. It was going to go her way the whole way. Uh, But what most people do when they're picking a name for a baby is they go to the baby book of names. Do you know what I'm talking about? They go and they Google it or they find a book and it's got all the baby names in it from well, A all the way to Z and and, uh, ridiculous names to common names. Uh, But they tend to look at what does the name mean? Because they want to to name their baby. They want their kid to be strong and of great character. They want a noble name. They want kind of a name like that's going to be like a, a, a ridiculously cool name as the, as the kid gets older, I guess. You know, they, they put a lot of planning into a name. God planned the name of his son. And uh, in, the, in the Bible, the book uh, of Isaiah says that his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Right there you can see he's God. Uh, all of those names encompass what God was going to do in planting his seed, his son, into the earth. Nothing is by accident when it comes to God. God plans things out. God is an ultimate strategist. He is amazing at what he does. And then when Jesus is born, of, of course, you know, we know his name is Jesus, but the angel appears and says, you shall call his name Jesus because he is going to save his people from their sins. And that's in the uh, book of Matthew in, in chapter 1. Um, now my notes aren't working here. There we go. Come on, notes. There we go. <laughs> Matthew 121. She gave birth to a son, called him Jesus. And then I'm just going to um, recap from last week just briefly here. But in Philippians, it says this about the name of Jesus. It says that God gave him, listen to this in verse 9 of Philippians chapter 2. God gave him the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Have you ever been in a fight of name calling? You know, before it goes physical, before you start throwing punches, usually it goes, it starts with name calling. And then if it gets, goes to the next level, it starts with a push or a shove. You know somebody really wants to fight because they just, they skip point, you know, one and two and they go right to point three and they're into it. Uh, But if they don't really want to fight, they just want to, you know, strut the stuff around, be tough and all that, they'll just start calling names. And I don't know if you've ever been in a name fight before, but, you know, people call you things like, you're just a nasty person. I don't like you. I think that you really mean. No, they don't do that, do they? They go to the highest level of name calling that they can. Uh, And they usually, nowadays, I don't even want to talk about the names that people can call you because, you know, there's there's no boundary. There's no limit to name calling. Well, the devil wants to call you names, but God has an answer to all the names that he tries to call you, like weak and and, uh, uh, depressed and and poor and sick and, and, and all of those names. But there's a name 
that's above every one of those names. And that's the name of Jesus. And at that name, the other names have to bow. You don't have to call a whole bunch of names out. You don't have to give an incantation. You just got to know one name. You have to have that name and authority in that name. It's above every name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, I like this, on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not a good idea, not a theology, not an argument, not a teacher even just. He is Lord. That means that settles it to the glory of God the Father. Now, last week we talked about the, the, uh, the name being like a key uh, to ambassadors, an ambassadorial key, if you will, that unlocks the door for the great power. Just like your car has a key and you have the key to the car, you can get in, you can unlock the car, you can drive the car. A uh, key to your office means you get into the office, somebody doesn't have the key, they're not going to get in. Your house, it's the same way. Well, God gave you a key because you are his kid. Only the kids get the key. Only family, only people that are authorized get the key. And he gives you a key. You can use that key. And, and we're going to learn that. You use that key in prayer. You use that key when you're facing business opportunities or opposition. You use that key to heal relationships. You use that key. We're going to look at all the uses for the name of Jesus, the key of authority that he gives us. But he backs that word. His name is backed by his word. His word backs his name. Everything that he created the universe with, he is the living word. He, he has put all of that into his name. That's why there's so much power in that name. The word asked there in John 16, 23, it says, Jesus talking, in that day, when I go away, you will no longer ask me anything. Wow. Truly, I tell you, what you ask my father, he will give you whatever you ask in my name. In other words, you've got direct access now to go to the throne of God and ask in time of need. The Bible says, come boldly. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Come boldly to the throne of God. The throne of righteousness is the throne of God in time of need. And, and you come boldly with the name Jesus. In that day, he says, you'll ask me nothing very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Now, in the Greek language, that word ask means demand. Not to demand God. You're not commanding God or demanding God. But it's to demand your rights and your privileges so that you are not going to be taken advantage of by your enemy, the devil, on this planet. You can come boldly to a throne of grace, and I mean a throne, not a footstool. The earth is his footstool, not a, a, a theology or an argument, but a throne is where a ruler sits on a throne. The king of kings sits on the throne, and he says, you approach me boldly. I am the king. You are my kid. I give you full access. In fact, I tell you, ask me. Demand for your rights and your privileges, and, and, and you are to demand something due. So the Greek language uh, would, would say this, whatever you shall demand as your rights and privileges, your father shall give you. In other words, kids, stop begging God and start asking God with, with the demand because you know that it's his will for you to have that. Now, when I use the name, Jesus, I ascribe my need to his provision. I let the enemy know this. 
I let the enemy know who paid the bill. Whenever you go out to eat, before you walk out, that's called, if you walk out without paying, that's called, we used to call it dine and dash. And, uh, you know, as teenagers, some of them, not me, of course, I would never do that as a teenager, but, you know, you eat up, and then when the waiter's not looking, whew, straight out the door into the car, gone. And uh, then the police will catch up with you later on. Uh, but, uh, you know, somebody has to pay the bill. Well, Jesus Christ paid the bill. He went to the cross. He, he, he paid the whole price for all of your unwholeness, if you will, for everything that attacked you, everything that attaches itself to you, everything that's a plague on humanity. He took it all on the cross. Now, he is saying, you come boldly now. I paid the bill. I paid the tab. Now you go ahead and you eat up big. You take a hold of the provision. Don't let what I did go to waste. Know your rights. Know your privileges. Stand up for it. And the, and, the, and the rights are all in that name, Jesus. There's only one name, one person, one who is worthy to pay the full price, and that's Jesus. Now in the Bible, in the book of Acts, uh, there was a man that was laid daily by the gate called Beautiful. He gets healed, and, and uh, they're all questioning, how did, how did you get healed? Like, what was the key to this thing? In Acts 3.16, uh, really good one to remember. You got John 3.16, remember, memorize Acts 3.16. Uh, by faith, this is, the, this is the answer to how the guy got healed. By faith in the name of Jesus. Notice it doesn't just say, well, you know, we just had faith in Jesus. Could have skipped all that. But no, it makes a big deal. It's by faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. And, and, if, and if there's any doubt at all about the power of this name, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. Well, the religious people got upset then. And they're getting upset now. There's one name. They just don't want you using that name. You can get up at the Academy Awards or the Logies or the Grammys or the whatever it is. And you can go, I just want to praise God. Well, you know, what? who is good? Who, who are you praising anyway? You know, the universe, it's been kind to me. Uh, you know, all the many different gods, whatever, teaches. No, no, no. It's one name. And they knew it. And the religious people know it today. In, in Acts 4.10, when they're dragged before the religious people, they said this. Then know this, you and all this people of Israel. This is the defense that Peter gives. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He didn't even say just God. He says, it is by the name of Jesus Christ, if there's any doubt, of Nazareth. There's any other Jesuses running around. Let's identify which one we're talking about, which name. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucify, but God has raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Well then, what did they do? They said in uh, Acts 4, 17, I'll just... Uh, Summarize this. They, 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 they warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Don't use the name. You can talk about God. You can talk about Buddha. You can talk about the universe, the higher way. Do not use that name. We don't want to hear you speak in that name. Then they called them again and commanded them so that they would get it. In case there's any doubt, they got called by these religious men again. And they said, they called them again, verse 18, and commanded them not to speak or teach at all 
in the name of Jesus. And then Peter and John replied, this should be our reply too, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you <laughs> or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Now the magicians and the people that made their money doing magic tricks, uh, they were called exorcists. It's the only time in the Bible that this is used. And uh, it's here in Acts chapter 19. Uh, and, uh, well, we'll get to that right now. I'm just going to give you this bit. In Acts 19, 11 to 16, we'll pick it up there. God did extraordinary miracles, it says, through Paul, so that even his handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Isn't that? That's amazing, isn't that? That's the anointing. Even in a handkerchief, you can't get there, lay hands on. I've done that. Pray over their pillows if they're not saved. Lay hands on, uh, on you know, your unsaved partner, children, whatever. You know, lay hands on their pillows. Pray. Let the anointing of God get in there. Uh, uh, verse 13. Some Jews went around driving out evil spirits. They were called exorcists. Listen to this. You ever see the movie The Exorcist? Don't. Terrible movie. Caused me nightmares when it came out. Worst, worst thing I could ever do is watching that dumb movie. And uh, <laughs> verse 13. Some Jews went around driving out evil spirits, uh, uh, tried to invoke the name of, of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Verse 14. Seven sons of Sceva. Now, Sceva was a high priest, and he had seven sons. He was a Jewish uh, chief priest. They were doing this. And, and one day, the evil spirit answered them. <laughs> That's a big day, isn't it? <laughs> You're not expecting that thing to answer. Should I do the evil spirit voice? <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Would I even ask? <laughs> no. Jesus, I know. I won't do it. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> I know Jesus. <laughs> One day the evil spirit answered him. <laughs> Jesus, I know. <laughs> he didn't say it like that. You know he didn't say it like that. Jesus I know, Paul I know about, but who are you? <laughs> then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all. Like that's Sceva, and he's got seven sons. And one man full of the devil jumps on him, overpowers them all. <laughs> and, and listen to this. And gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Can you picture that? Wouldn't you just, I just can't wait. I don't know what the highlight reel is going to be in heaven and how much of, uh, how many videos or whatever God's going to allow us to watch. Hey, uh, you know, if you could just go, okay, uh, uh, Acts chapter 19, scene number one. Okay, you, you want the, the seven sons of Sceva running out naked and bleeding uh, after they tried to invoke an incantation, uh, a name that they didn't really believe in and have the power in. Listen, you can't just run around using the name without knowing him personally, without, like we said this morning, about faith formation, without having faith formed, without having Christ 
formed in your heart. It's not a parroting thing. You got to know him. But when you use his name, then you, you start to ascribe your, your need starts to become his provision. He provides, he ascribes your need to his provision. Uh, you ascribe your sins to his action. You let the devil know, like I said earlier, who paid the bill. His finished work sets you free from everything, including sin and death. And that's in the name of Jesus. Jesus was the only one in heaven and on earth or below the earth that could pay the price for everything that you need to happen when you speak out that name. He's the only name which is above every name. Now what his name, I'm going to show you how this works now, but what his name does is it reinforces your citizenship. I want to remind you, you might be an Australian citizen, I hope that you are, you might be a New Zealand citizen, you might have two citizenships like me, uh, American and Australian, but I've got a citizenship, and hopefully you do too, which transcends all of the citizenships here on earth. And that's my citizenship of heaven, that I am a child of the king, I am a citizen of heaven. In fact, I'm not just an ordinary citizen, neither are you. You are a saint of the Most High. You are an ambassador, again, of the highest kingdom ever, ever in the whole universe. And what happens is when you, when you know the name of Jesus, it reinforces your citizenship. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the book of Ruth, uh, there is a, a woman named, uh, named Ruth, and she's, she's a Moabite woman. She's kind of an outcast woman. She's hanging around there. She doesn't have any rights and privileges when it comes to Israel. But she marries a man named Boaz. And what she gets when she marries Boaz is she gets his name. She gets his family name. And what she gets with the family name is the rights and privileges of the nation of Israel. So now, if she's down at the well or wherever she's going shopping and somebody goes, Hey! You're a Moabite woman. What are you doing here? She can rightfully turn to whoever that is and say, in the name of Boaz, I am, uh, I am a carrier of the family name. I was a Moabite. Now I'm an is is Israelite. Just like you, I have all the rights and the privileges through marriage because I've taken that name on. In the South, in America, way back during the Civil War days, before the Emancipation Proclamation declared all the slaves free, a slave could be free if the master wrote a letter. And the master could write a letter and sign it, declaring that that slave was free. So if that slave walked around and somebody said, hey, what are you doing? Why aren't you back on the plantation or, or, or whatever? The slave could produce that letter uh, from their, their owner that has that signature on it to say, I declare this person to be a free man or a free woman, and they can walk with their head up high, and they can walk not as a slave, but as a free person, and nobody can touch them. You have got letters from the king. You've got something signed by the king. When the devil tries to come at you with uh, all of his slavery bits, trying to put you in the bondage, trying to hammer home the fact that you're not perfect or whatever, you're trying to pray for the sick, and you know that you're not a perfect person, which does happen, uh, you can remind him, I've got 
got letters from the king right here. King James actually letters. I've got NIV letters from the king. I've got letters signed by the king. This is my authority in the name of Jesus. That sickness has to bow its knee. That poverty has to bow its knee. That breakthrough is coming because I've got the name of Jesus. I've got letters from the king. Boaz was her kinsman. Get this, redeemer, you got it. So she knew that she was free if she had the papers, so to speak, if she had that name. What authority is there in the name of Jesus? Well, the authority in the name of Jesus is like this. If those exorcists, those sons of Sceva, would have known the authority that they had, if they would have bowed their knee, made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, they would have got citizenship and that demon would have got cast out instead of them getting cast out naked and bleeding and scared out of their wits. They would have, they would have known the king of kings. They would have had letters from the king. It would have been a different story because in the name of Jesus, you've got power to cast out demons. You say, oh, I don't know about demons. No, it's a little bit spooky. I, I agree, it's, it's a little bit spooky. Uh, it's it's uh, kind of stepping into something supernatural. Listen to me. Make no mistake about it. What you, what you see when you turn on the news and you watch all the reporting of all the stuff that's going on, there is a spirit world that is very, very real that's behind all of that. And behind all of that, real stuff, that sin and, and, and the bondage and the devastation and the war and the corruption and everything else that's going on. There is a real devil behind all of that. He is not make-believe. He is real. But listen to me. He is not real powerful unless you don't know your power and your authority in Christ. He has to bow his knee to the, the greater one that lives in thee. If you know the name of Jesus, through that name, authority in that name, you can cast him out of whatever situation that he is and whatever murders and lies and devastation and destruction and discord, you can cast that out. I cannot wait for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up and know their kingship privileges and know their authority and use it because everything that you do, sickness has to go. Verse uh, uh, 18 of Matthew 28, listen to this. Then Jesus came to them and said, oh, I love this. It's another one that you should memorize. Matthew 28, 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now he says, now you go therefore in my name. Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, think about whatever you do. You do a lot of things throughout your day, don't you? I, I get up in the morning, I brush my teeth, I, I pray. Oh, I pray before I brush my teeth. <laughs> I read the word of God. Uh, I, I get out of bed, I I do a lot of things. I get caught up on, on, on messages. I get caught up with people. But first, I get caught up with God. I remind myself about who I am. I remind myself through the Word of God about whose I am. I remind myself about the authority that I have as I'm about to step into my day and step out my day. And now listen to this, Colossians 3.17, verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In other words, whatever you do for work, 
Do it in the name of Jesus. However you raise your kids, if you have kids, raise them in the name of Jesus. If you're singing here in church, sing in the name of Jesus. If you're teaching like I'm doing right now, teach in the name of Jesus. Teach on the name of Jesus because people, God's people, need to know the power and the authority to have the key to unlock the power of heaven in the situation. If you got faced with somebody that needs a healing, then heal in the name of Jesus. Ephesians 5.20 says, we give thanks in the name of Jesus. We cast out demons in the name of Jesus. 1 John 3.23 says this, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. Everything you do in life, think about the authority that you have over every situation that life throws your way, and the authority that you have is encapsulated in one one, one big strong name, and that is J-E-S-U-S. I am so fired up about this, I think you can tell, because I know that if all of us would even go to a next level, you might say, I've already got the authority. I, I've kind of heard you know, about the authority. I've read about the authority. Then let's go up a level with it. You're never going to stop going up levels because there's bigger devils with the level that you go up. You're going to face a bigger devil, which means you've got to have a bigger conviction in the name of Jesus that at that name, whatever level that you're at, whatever big demon you're facing, at that name, that thing has to bow its knee. The little devils, you, you practice on them like with a BB gun. Then you go to a 22 gauge with the devils. Then you, eventually you're going to have a 50 cal. You got to take the big ones out with a bigger authority in the name of Jesus, amen. And then eventually you're going to nuke the, all of them. That's just the way it's going to go. So that's the hierarchy. They've all got to go and uh, whatever you're facing. But as you face bigger challenges in business, because you're, you're giving more, do you think the devil's just going to go, oh, my goodness, leave them alone? They're really generous. <laughs> you know, we don't want them uh, solving more problems, sending more missionaries, getting the word of God out, ha having a, a better place for people to worship. We don't want that to happen. We'll, we will just leave them alone. No, he is going to attack. And every, every level you go up, he just sends in a bigger devil. Martin Luther, the great reformer, the devil appeared to him, uh, physically appeared to him. He took his, his inkwell and threw it at him. And the mark is actually still there on the wall today because he was going to reform the church. He was going to put the word of God, oh, that's dangerous, into the hands uh, uh, of the Catholic church. People could only listen to Latin. They couldn't, weren't allowed to read the word of God. Wasn't the devil afraid? Didn't he know what was going to happen? My goodness, if all these people are able to read the Bible and they start to get a hold of the word of God and they start to understand the authority in the name of Jesus, I'm gone. We better get this guy quickly. So he, he appeared himself physically. He's an angel, but he appeared to Martin Luther to stop him from reforming the church. Now today he is appearing to you in many ways of discouragement, trying to stop you from getting the word of God out and exercising your authority in your family. 
family, in all your relationships at work and at school, in every realm that you step into, you've got to step into that realm with the authority of the name of Jesus. Oh, if I was going to give you equipment, I'm not just going to talk about techniques and, oh, this is how you say the Romans Road formula to lead somebody to the Lord. No, the best authority, the best equipment that I can give you, the best equipped that you can be is to know that name and the authority in that name. You don't have to have a PhD. In fact, that's going to get in the way sometimes. You can take the most uneducated person on the planet, give them the name of Jesus, and they're going to do more than the most educated person on the planet without the name of Jesus. I'm glad because I got an education, but I want one thing I know that I really desperately needed, and that's that name of Jesus, to know that name and stand on that name and have authority in that name. Well, I'm going to pray right now uh, for those that are watching online, and uh, I want to read you one scripture, then we're going to close. I'd like the uh, worship team to come up. Thank you. Then we're going to have a worship song. Celebrate this name. Amen. Uh, I want to read to you. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Proverbs 18.10. Listen to this. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. Oh, the King James says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, that's us, right standing with God. That's your rights and privileges as a son and daughter of Jesus Christ. The righteous run to it and are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, a fortified tower. He will lift you high above the situation and the circumstance that you are facing right now. He will... Lift your vocabulary to a much higher level as you, everything that you do, you do it in the name of the Lord. Which means if you can gossip in the name of the Lord, well, go for it. Next time you're tempted to quarrel, say, well, in the name of Jesus, I'm just going to tell you a little bit of juicy nitpicks. You're not going to do that, are you? So I would say, think about the name of the Lord before you open your mouth and ask yourself, can I do this in the name of the Lord? And if the answer is no, I really can't, then you shouldn't be then don't do it. But as you speak out and with power, and I believe all of us should be like the ancients. They were quick to listen, two ears, one mouth, slow to speak. And I think if we would take that advice, be quick to listen, slow to speak, but when we do speak, use the authority and know the authority, well then every situation in life has got to change. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's pray. I want you to close your eyes if you can. Uh, but let's just get in a space where we can hear from God. And let's just do business with God right now. I'm going to pray a prayer. You can pray this after me. And uh, just say, dear God, I thank you that I belong to you. I'm your child. I thank you that you have given me your name so that I don't stand in my name, failure, discouraged, or whatever else. I stand in your name, the name of Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life, and I will follow you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, friend, go out. And conquer your day. Have a fantastic week. 
and, and go and use that name with authority. Don't go out unequipped. Go out fully equipped with the name above every name. And we'll catch you next time. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.